Hey, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to continue with our lessons today in Christ. And before we do, I just wanted to make this announcement, and many many of you already probably already know, uh, concerning the hurricane that hit Houston. Uh, <clears throat> just wanted to mention that uh, we should keep all those in the Houston area and the surrounding area in our prayers uh, just because of the flooding. I think I've heard that it's uh, that it's it's worse than Harvey. So please keep everyone down there in your prayers, uh, both believers and non-believers, that uh, their hearts would turn to the Lord and that the Lord would just take care of all those who are there and provide for the needs that are present. Amen? Amen. So that's that's the announcement I wanted to make. And also, <clears throat> uh, we just got back from a Bible conference in uh, Tazewell, Virginia. You can look at those at either crossineed.com. There's a link there or at cmintl.org. All right, so those are the announcements. And so we're going to go ahead and continue today with our lessons in Christ. And today, I wanted to look at a, <clears throat> a, a subtitle that I'm calling, From Whence Do We Come? And also, uh, The Ministry of God. And But mainly, From Whence Do We Come? <clears throat> and I've touched on it, and I'm not sure if I've actually covered it this way or not in the previous lesson. Forgive me if I did. And But basically, it, it's kind of like this. We are, we are either born in Adam, that is, born of the flesh, and from whence the soul comes when it is born of the flesh is from Adam. It can't come from anywhere else. It's either Adam or Christ. <clears throat> now, the moment of new birth, we have been born of the Spirit of Christ. We've been born from above, born from the beginning, remember? Our, the genesis of our soul is Christ himself, who is the beginning, all right? So us who are born again, we are in Christ by work of God, not our, by, our own, by our own ability, and it is because Christ himself is present in our soul. Therefore, our soul is found in Christ. <clears throat> And we're born of the flesh below or born of the Spirit above, born of God. We're either in the first man, Adam, that is, if you're not born again, or we are in Christ, if we are born again. <coughs> Excuse me, the Lord from heaven above, All right? So now, concerning the phrase or the question, from whence do we come? Now, in reality, in truth, and, and remember, uh, I've stated the spiritual order several times, basically, reality, then the knowledge of reality, okay? So our question, from whence do we come? In reality, in truth, we come from being before the face of God in Christ. 
us who are born again. All right. This is concerning us who are born again. Versus from being before the face of Adam, the face of humanity in Adam. I could say the following, it'll probably upset those who are not born again. The face of your father, the devil, in Adam. There you go. Jesus said it. I didn't. <laughs> Jesus said, you do the works of your father, the devil. <clears throat> that was the religious leaders. And, well, just because I mentioned that. The religion of man is present when there is an absence of Christ. When Christ is not present, the religion of man is present. When the knowledge of Christ is not present, the knowledge of the religion of man is present. So there you go. All right, so once again, our question, from whence do we come? We who are born again, in reality, in truth, we come from being before the face of God in Christ. <clears throat> now, we looked at uh, a few different passages. We've, we've looked at our principal passage, John chapter 14, verse 20. Jesus declaring reality that his disciples, the apostles, would come into the moment of new birth and that they would come into the knowledge of after the moment of new birth. John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. And then we've also looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 4, excuse me, verses 1 through 10. Now with Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking of what was in Adam when we were born of the flesh, before we were born again. What was in Adam before we were born again? <clears throat> right here is where everything changes. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, because man once again could not change his condition, the state of his soul, he could not change. God had to step in. God had to step in and do what man could not, what man cannot, and what man can never, will never be able to do. All right, verse 4, But God of Ephesians chapter 2, But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, times past, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, And raised us up and made us, and that's the thing. God made this possible. God is the one who, who performed this. God did this. It is God's ability and not man's. And he made us sit together in, here's our term we've been looking at, in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. And we've looked at the term sit a lot. Well, I can't say a lot, but we looked at it a little bit. 
And right there, uh, sit is strong number 4776. I just jotted the strong number down. But basically, sit implies a state of rest. When having labored and the labor is finish, finished, one sits and is now at rest. <clears throat> now, just as much as Christ is at rest, our souls are at rest in Him. The rest of our souls, the rest that our souls are found in, is not dependent upon us, my brothers and sisters, but it is, a, it is dependent upon Him who is the rest of of our soul, Christ himself, the eternal Sabbath, the eternal rest, where there is no labor to be done, there is no more work to be done. He himself is the rest of our souls, <clears throat> wherein our souls have come unto rest. All right? So this is, this is reality. This happens at the moment of new birth. God has seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because in His tender mercy and ever-abounding grace, by His Spirit, He made our soul able to respond and receive His immeasurable gift, who is Christ Himself. This is reality. <clears throat> now, this does not change. I cannot change this. You cannot change this. The one who is born again cannot undo what God hath done. All right. Now, and I'll say it this way, just the security of our soul is not based upon what we can do or what we what we do or what we don't do, nor is it based upon what we know or what we don't know. But it is based upon that which God knows and God the Father knows the Son. Beautiful. Beautiful. What, what a rest that our hearts in knowledge can now come unto. A rest that we've already been brought to, my brothers and sisters, by a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Himself bringing our soul unto rest because rest has appeared in our soul in the person of Christ Jesus. For us who are born again, now then we read in Hebrews, labor therefore to enter into that rest. And then in another passage, or it may be the same passage, for it is God who worketh in you to will and to do for his good pleasure, for his own good pleasure. <clears throat> the most we can do, I believe, my brothers and sisters, is like the blind man cry out to Jesus, O oh Lord because he knew to whatever degree, he was convinced of to whatever degree that Jesus was present in the midst. And he cried out to him to open his eyes, basically to behold the one who is present in the midst and follow him. And this is exactly what happened when Jesus opened his eyes. 
The blind man saw and followed him. <clears throat> All right, so that is, uh, I, I have it down, marked down as letter A. From whence do we come? Our question, from whence do we come? In reality, in truth, from being before the face of God in Christ versus from being before the face of humanity in Adam. Okay, now, from whence do we come in knowledge? The heart, in knowledge, the knowledge that the heart is submitted unto. Do we come from the truth? Or do we come from the lie? And why do I say the lie? Because it is not the truth. Who is Christ? In knowledge, the one this is the one who is born again. For the one who is born again, in knowledge, we will either come from the lie, not the truth, not Christ, not from above. But the lie, ignorance, because that's what it is, ignorance below the Adamic in with the the knowledge of the Adamic man. And that's where the my dashed square around the heart and soul pops up. I'm not sure if you can see that or not, but it's there. <clears throat> or, this is for the one who's born again. Or, from we will come in knowledge, the knowledge that our heart is submitted unto, from the truth. Knowledge. Above. Eternal mind, the eternal mind, the mind of Christ. And see, <clears throat> just that's th these are just two plain these are just two plain statements. Shiloh, these are just two plain statements right here. And knowing this, even knowing this, we do not know it. Even listening to this, and oh yes, okay, I see the difference between reality uh, versus uh, the imagination of the heart. I see the difference between the truth versus the lie. I see the difference between ignorance versus knowledge. Well, okay. We can know the testimony of reality. That's all it is. It still requires a miracle of God to make the reality of this known in our heart. Because the way God makes the reality of this known in our heart, my brothers and sisters, is that he presents the person of his son. He does not present notes to us. He does not present a message to us. He does not present a teaching to us or a doctrine. No, he presents first our soul unto our soul. When it is not born again, he presents the very person of his son unto our soul. The soul having been prepared by the work of the Holy Spirit, the soul is able to respond and receive this very one. And now, for there to be the knowledge of the one who's present, God presents his very own son as the very knowledge of God. Requires a miracle of God. Everything and anything of God, my brothers and sisters, requires God to be the doer of it. 
The Apostle Paul said this, he said, having begun in the spirit, are you so foolish to try to be perfected in the flesh? Come to the knowledge of your perfection, who Christ himself is, in the flesh or by the flesh, by your means, by your ability? Are we so foolish that we think we can accomplish that, that we can learn that? Even in these classes, my brothers and sisters, this is why I try to always present at the very <clears throat> end of every class, and maybe even throughout the class, present it to the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. The only one who can lead, direct the attention of our heart, and lead and bring our heart from the knowledge of man below unto the knowledge, the eternal knowledge of God above, who is the person of his Son. It's not a matter of learning, once again, learning things, T-H-I-N-G-S, things, or of even a deeper life message or a deeper life teaching. No, my brothers and sisters, no, no. If the thing, T-H-I-N-G, whatever it is, is of God, it is designed of God to direct the heart and bring unto the person, well, to direct and bring unto the person of his son. The thing, T-H-I-N-G, is the means to the end. The end is always his son, my brothers and sisters, not a message about his son, not a doctrine about his son, not a teaching about his son, no, but his very own son. <clears throat> God and God alone can do this. Man cannot do this. For with man, it is forever impossible. So, from whence do we come? In reality and truth, we come from being before the face of God in Christ. Now, from whence do we come? In knowledge. The knowledge that the heart is submitted unto. Is it our heart submitted unto ignorance, the knowledge of man below, darkness, or is our heart submitted unto the eternal knowledge of God above, who is Christ himself. Listen, light. And here we go, back to John. Our principal verse, John chapter 14, verse 20. This is Jesus himself speaking this. In that day, not in that night. No, here's the night below. Here's darkness below, which is ignorance below. But Jesus says, in that day, the eternal day above, he, the day whom he himself is, you will know. There is knowledge in the day, my brothers and sisters. There is knowledge in the light. Christ himself, who is the light of the creation of God. <clears throat> the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the countenance of the King. The light that shines in His face. 
not the darkness of the face of humanity, of the flesh, of the Adamic man. All right. So from whence do we come? Just kind of keep that in your um, in your heart for a while. Now, the even the apostle. Sorry, <laughs> I've got a note here. The apostle Paul, uh, his heart. Well, he was born again when Christ appeared in his soul, and then the Spirit of God directed his heart unto Christ above to see to see the truth to see reality, to see wisdom, to see knowledge, to see understanding, all in the face of Jesus Christ. That's why you find his prayers, I think, in uh, the book of Ephesians, maybe the book of Philippians, the book of Colossians. He's praying for the church, for basically all believers, for other believers, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of his calling. And it goes on and on and on, <clears throat> or on and on. And see, the Apostle Paul wasn't declaring a message to the church. No, he wasn't declaring a new doctrine. He wasn't declaring a new teaching that, that the Jews had never heard of. No, no. He was declaring a person that he was beholding by the Spirit of God. His soul had been established in reality and by the work of the, of the same Spirit, the same work of that same Holy Spirit, the Spirit was establishing His heart in knowledge where His soul had already been established in reality at the moment of new birth. And He was knowing Reality in the day, in the light, in Christ. Therefore, he can say statements like this. And it was a confession, my brothers and sisters. It wasn't a doctrinal statement. Listen, this was not a doctrinal statement for the Apostle Paul. No, this was the reality in which he walked. Listen, I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ who liveth in me. How can you say that, Paul? Oh, because I studied it. No, 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 no. Remember what Jesus said, in that day you will know. Not you will learn. No, you will know. You will just know it. I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. <clears throat> Therefore, what was our, one of our previous lessons? Therefore, walk in the light. Since you are children of the day, since you have been brought into the light in reality, now, therefore, walk in this same reality. Walk in the light. Walk in the knowledge of God. And no longer man's knowledge, which is complete ignorance. And see, once again, man's knowledge is not ignorance of things, T-H-I-N-G-S. No. 
man's knowledge is ignorance of Christ. All the religions of the world, all of man's religions in the world are pretty much the same. There is an absence of the person of Christ, my brothers and sisters. Whenever, wherever there is an absence of the person of Christ, all you are left with is man's religion. <clears throat> and I throw everything into that, whether that be man's religion concerning God or man's religion concerning self. It is something of man and there is an absence, there is a void of the person of Christ. All right, going on. Always in triumph. Here's another couple passages, or excuse me, a couple verses where in Christ is found. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, to those who are born again. All right? Verse 14, Now thanks be to God who, not us who did this, no, God who does this, who always, wow, you can even underline that word, always, whoa, always, yes, always, goes on, who always leads us in triumph. Well, if you look around, my brothers and sisters, it sure doesn't look like it. If you look around with your natural eyes, which give an unrighteous judgment, because he doesn't just leave us there, no. He fully, completely establishes the truth, the statement. Now, thanks be to God, not to your learning, not to my learning, not to your ability, not to my ability, to God, who always, oh my gosh, always, not sometimes, no, no, always, let that word just sink down into our hearts by the work of the Spirit. Always leads us in triumph. Where? In Christ. The heart of the apostle was directed above unto Christ and came from the knowledge of man unto the eternal knowledge of God who is Christ himself, by work of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he is declaring the truth as the truth is in Jesus. Leads us in triumph in Christ. Our life has overcome. Our life is triumphant who Christ himself is. We are triumphant. We are always, always led in triumph in Christ. I want to read just a, a few verses here that declare this. This is Colossians chapter 
2, verse 15. Having, this is, this is Christ himself. Let me just mark this down. There we go. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. What was that? It doesn't look like this. There we go. Verse 15. Having, this is Christ, this is Jesus himself, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. This is our life, my brothers and sisters. We who are born again, Christ is our life. He is triumphant. Our life is triumphant. And we are led in triumph in Christ. Where our life is found. All right. And remember, my brothers and sisters, once again, if we are looking below, we are looking with a natural eye. And all we will see is the face of humanity in the Adamic man. The heart must continually be directed above. And this is only by work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot direct your heart above, my brothers and sisters. No, no. Your heart cannot come even in knowledge. Well, it can't come in reality, and it can't come in knowledge except by work of the Holy Spirit. Our glory is always in the Lord. All right, another verse. This is Psalms. In the Psalms, Psalm 68, verse 18. You have ascended on high. Death, burial, resurrection. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Hebrews. This is just a few verses here. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death, the death of the cross, he, Christ himself, might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Another verse, oh, this is a good verse. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, also know, him being delivered by the determinate purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death could not hold him. It wasn't possible. One last verse. This is Hosea. Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. That's it. The ones who are not born again, the soul that's not born again. I will redeem them from death. 
O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden hidden from my eyes. God is triumphant. Christ has the keys of both hell and the grave, death and the grave. Let's look at it. Keys. It's in the book of Revelation. Chapter 1. Verse 18. Well, let's start with verse 17. Through 18. Wasn't in my notes. All right. This is Jesus. And well, actually, the, the Apostle John says this. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades, the abode of the dead, the grave and of death. Meaning, I am the all-powerful one. Not even death has power over me. Remember Joseph? I'll write that down. Joseph. When he was in Egypt, beautiful testimony of Christ. He was in Egypt, the abode of the dead. He was raised to second in command by Pharaoh. If anyone, well, I'll say it this way, no one could do anything except Joseph give permission to do it. Joseph had all authority in the abode of the dead, among the dead. He could do whatever he pleased. Going on, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. In Christ. Not in Adam, brothers and sisters, nor in the knowledge of Adam. Ignorance. No. But in Christ. And through us, I want to I want to define us right here because I'm not sure if it's in the original Greek or not, but through us, those whose hearts, us specifically those whose hearts are turned unto Christ, are turned above and are coming, have come and are continuing to come and are coming in knowledge unto the eternal knowledge of God who is Christ himself. And through us, those whose hearts are turned above to Christ, through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge. Not, (laughs) brothers and sisters, look, it's not our knowledge, it's not my knowledge, it's not your knowledge, it's not brother or sister so-and-so's knowledge. No, 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 no. His 
knowledge, God's very own knowledge, the eternal knowledge. It is God's knowledge. He diffuses it, basically. He makes it known in every place. The knowledge of His Son in every place. The knowledge of Christ in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are uh, perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death because life unto death, life is to death the end of death. Life is to death, death. The condition of death coming to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. The knowledge of Christ is life that is present, reality. Now, the knowledge of Christ who is present. <clears throat> life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Nobody, my brothers and sisters. That's why it is God who diffuses the fragrance of his very own knowledge of his Son. Verse 17, for we are not, I love this, we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, basically tried by light. Right here, tried by light. with the knowledge of the Son of God. Once again, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, hey, the vessel's here, the tent's here, but not I, the life of the vessel, but Christ who liveth in me. Not I, the life of the vessel. No, 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 no. But Christ who liveth in me. Sincerity. But as from God. And there we go, my brothers and sisters. From whence do we come? In reality, we come before the face of God in Christ Jesus. Now, from whence do we come in knowledge? If our heart is directed unto that which is below, then we come from the face of humanity in Adam. But, if our heart, by the work of the Holy Spirit, and only by a work of the Holy Spirit, is directed unto Christ above, then we come in knowledge from God, from being in Christ. We speak, whoa, let me read it again. Uh, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak, in the sight of God, in Christ. Herein, my brothers and sisters, is the sight of God. The Father beholds His Son. This is the sight of God. Listen to the way I'm going to say this. The Father beholds our life. We who are born again, our life who is Christ, His Son. 
What a beautiful thing. It's just totally not dependent. Nothing, my brothers and sisters, is dependent upon us whatsoever. Everything upon the Son. All right. Let's see. We speak in the sight of God in Christ. I looked at that word sight. Katenanti. That's the Greeks. Some pronounced somewhat like that, I guess, or I could be totally off. (laughs) In Strong's number 2714, this is the online Bible Greek lexicon. It says the following. Over against, before the face of. Okay. We speak in the sight of God. We speak before the face of God in Christ. My brothers and sisters, here we go. From whence do we come? In reality, we come from before the face of God in Christ Jesus. Now, in knowledge, from whence do we come? We will either come before the face of humanity in Adam, or we will come before the face of God in Christ Jesus. It goes on, uh, before the presence of, in the sight of what God, basically what God sees. God sees his son. It goes on as a, as a metaphor. It says, having one as it were before the eyes, before one as witness, before God as judge. Therefore, there is a righteous judgment in Christ. Not found in Adam below, my brothers and sisters. There is no righteous judgment in Adam, nor in the knowledge of Adam, only in Christ. And just, uh, I'll just touch on this real quick. This is concerning uh, no Jesus. And I have here uh, from man, the face of Adam, or from God, the face of Christ, or the ministry of man, or the ministry of God. All right. Now I'll say this. We will either serve man's ministry below, or we will serve the eternal ministry of God above. And uh, the Lord just kind of put this on my heart. Maybe there's someone out there that uh, it's it's on your heart that you feel, and I'll just use these words for for lack of words, you feel called to the Lord to to serve Him. You feel called to the Lord to minister. Uh, This is probably for you, and we're going to look at it. It's going to be really beautiful because it all comes in to from whence do we come in reality and from whence do we come in knowledge. So, We will either serve man's ministry below, temporal realm, or we will serve the eternal ministry of God above, eternal. Now, I want to read a passage concerning the baptism of John that Jesus spoke of, and basically it's John's ministry. This is what he did. From whence was it? Now, this is uh, when they questioned, when the religious leaders questioned Jesus' authority. We're specifically looking at Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. Now it happened on one of those days, as Jesus taught the, the people in the temple and preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him, verse 2, and he spoke to him, and spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? 
Who gives you the right to do what you do? Or who is he who gave you this authority? Where did you get this authority from? Because they knew that it was obviously not from them. Because, my brothers and sisters, it was not a religious... not a religious doctrine, not a religious teaching, not a religious message. And remember once again, the religion of man is present when Christ is not present, when the person of Christ, the Son of the living God, is not present, whether in reality or in knowledge. Verse 3, but he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing and answer me. Basically, you answer me and I'll answer you. Verse 4, the baptism of John. <laughs> was it from, oh, look at the words he uses. Was it from heaven above or from men below? Was it from God or from, from Adam, humanity? Here we go. And they, verse 5, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, from above, from God, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? Verse 6, But if we say from men below, all people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet, and specifically, my brothers and sisters, a prophet from and sent by God. From whence do you come? Verse 7, so they answered that they did not know. And why did they answer this way? Because they were afraid of the face of man. They did not know where it was from. Verse 8, And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. <clears throat> what man can start, my brothers and sisters, man can end. What God starts, my brothers and sisters, man cannot bring to an end. Because it's either man's work or God's work. It's either man's ministry or God's eternal ministry. Just another example of this with uh, Moses. Really good example of this. This is Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. This is Moses in Egypt. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no, when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Verse 13. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Verse 14, then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Look at this. Who made you a prince 
and a judge over us. By what authority are you telling me what to do and what not to do? Who gave you this authority? Of course, my brothers and sisters, we know that during this time, Moses was in the same condition as all the rest of Israel. He was among the dead. Desired to deliver the children of Israel by his own ability. I mean, he killed an Egyptian. He buried an Egyptian. But with man, everything is impossible. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptians? So Moses feared, fear, fearing the face of man, and said, Surely this thing is known. Verse 15, When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses, look at this, Moses fled from the face. Yes, from the face. That's Panim, the Alexian Panim, the very face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat by a well. Of course, Midian is not the land of Canaan, but in Midian we find uh, in a second we're going to read the mount, the mountain of God. <clears throat> so, Midian is actually south of Canaan near the Red Sea. All right. So in this state, Moses' heart is before the face of Pharaoh, before the face of humanity, before the face of Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. This is Moses before the face of God. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Basically, I will now turn. I will now repent. Now, of course, my brothers and sisters, this was not by Moses's, by the ability of Moses, but by the ability of El Shaddai, in the work of the Spirit. Turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned, verse 4, aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am, verse 5. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Verse 6, remember this is the mountain of God. My brothers and sisters, why does it not say Horeb? the valley of God below. No, no, no. It's a testimony. The mountain of God above. Mountain, height, above, elevation, above. Okay? So, 
<clears throat> where are we at? The, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Verse 6, moreover, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of the patriarchs. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Why? Because before, all right, here we go. Before he was looking at the face of humanity, at the face of Pharaoh. Now he is looking at the face of God. But Moses also knows that no man can see the face of God and live. Therefore, he hides his face for fear. No one can see my face, the face of God, and live. Brothers and sisters, once again, not I, but Christ. In reality and in the knowledge of reality. Exodus chapter 3, uh, it goes on. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. And this is the Lord. Because before he came, before Moses came from Pharaoh, from humanity, from man, from Adam. Now Moses is about to come from God. From whence do we come? In reality and in the knowledge of reality. Here we go. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. This is the Lord speaking. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now Moses is going to come in knowledge from God. And then, basically, I have some other passages, but we're running out of time. Moses continues before the face of God. The Lord talked uh, with Moses face to face. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Uh, Moses, he went out. Everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. My brothers and sisters, this is a testimony of where you find God. It's right there. And that's uh, Exodus chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. Oh, another thing, uh, another thing, gosh. With, with Moses being sent by God to deliver the children of Israel, remember, he is no longer coming from man, but he is coming from God in knowledge. Sent of God and the Lamb of God is presented to all the world. The knowledge of God made manifest. Because the Lord says, take now a lamb without spot and blemish and kill the lamb and place the blood on the doorposts and lintel. Go in through the door, eat the lamb, and the lamb will now be on the inside. Being sent of God, 
when one in knowledge, from whence do you come? When one in knowledge comes from before the face of God in Christ, the Lamb of God is presented to all the world, to those present, and the knowledge of God is made known. The knowledge of God, who is Christ? Moses continues seeing the Lord. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 27. Uh, I'll just read verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, Moses endured, as seeing him who is invisible. That is, seeing Christ. His heart continues directed, turned above unto Christ. And with that, I'll end, actually with, with these, the same question, that I began the class, I'll end. From whence do we come, my brothers and sisters? From whence do we come in reality? We who are born again. And from whence do we come in knowledge? We who are born again. Present everything that I've just shared to the Holy Spirit, to our teacher, that he may take that which he desires to take, use it for God's own end and God's own purpose. Amen? Amen. The Lord bless. We'll see you in our next lesson. Amen.